So, Psalm 119 and verse 121. I have done judgment and justice. Leave me not to mine oppressors. Be surety for thy servant for good. Let not the proud oppress me. Mine eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness. Deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. Therefore, I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. And so we are on the handout. that's uh, Ain verses 121 through 128. And um, uh, number one, the blanks there are a God-given testimony. Uh, that's verse 121. I have done judgment and justice. Leave me not to mine oppressors. And a couple of weeks ago, we started this. We looked at this already, but just recapping. Walking with the Lord has many ram- ramifications. Put simply, fearing and obeying God is pleasing to God. And number two, fearing and obeying God is displeasing to Satan. The world and the flesh are, are the oppressors. And so fearing and obeying God is displeasing to Satan, the world and the flesh. And so I had a reverse thing I wanted to. I think it's profitable many times when you come to scriptures is what it says is an obvious meaning. But also what the reverse of it is what it says is often very valuable for us. And so the reverse of this is disobeying God is displeasing to God and it's pleasing to Satan. (laughs) And so we as Christians need to examine that. And understand, we need to work and, and obey God and, and walk in His ways to please Him. And when we don't, when we fail to do that, when Satan or the world or the flesh or just, or just being plain lazy, whatever the case is, is when we don't obey God, that's going to be displeasing to God and it's going to be pleasing to Satan. And so I had this note also about that. It all comes down to who do you trust to tell you the truth? God or the world, the flesh, and the devil? And the thing is, is we live with this flesh. And so, so much, so much of the time, the temptations that we, that we face, or, or like I said, it could be just plain laziness, whatever the case is, is the desire to do something we shouldn't or to not do something we should, that is just a lie. Now, the thing is, is you have to counsel your own mind, your own soul at times, and say, I need to do what God wants me to do. I, I know I can't be the only one that wakes up with a flesh that doesn't want to do what it's supposed to do or what I'm supposed to do. And so we have to we have to counsel our own souls and say, Lord, help me to do what you want me to do. Help me to not do what you're not what you don't want me to do. And so letter B, we've already looked at this is God expects judgment and justice from his people. Letter C, the world, the world system expects or conditions people away from obeying God or doing judgment and justice. So, again, you know, a lot of times people who are Christians just wake up and and just through the day in, in many ways we're just going with the flow. <laughs> in other words, there's there's not an overt decision. I need to serve God today. And that that seeking God right away, Lord, help me serve you today. Help me to be your man or your woman. Help me to be the person you want me to be. Because, listen, just by default, we're not going to be the person he wants us to be. We have a sinful nature and it is always at work. And the Bible is very clear. You have to crucify the flesh. You wake up. It's active right away. Choosing to serve God, choosing to diso- to 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 not go the way of the world and the flesh and the devil. That's that's what we have to choose to do every day. The Lord Jesus said in Luke that uh, uh, we are to take up our cross daily. 
and follow him. Take up the cross daily and follow him. So letter I, for God's people not walking in God's judgment and justice will bring correction into our lives. And America, I feel like, is a very choice example of, first of all, how much we have been given. This country has been given so much. I, I think it's undeniable. I don't think that anybody in the world would argue that America has not been given much. Uh, and I, I love, um, and I, I don't, I don't have in front of me the exact quote or, or exactly who said it, but there was a, um, a a French journalist who came to America specifically to find out why America was good, or why America was great. I don't remember which it is. And he said he searched everywhere. He searched education institutions, searched the, you know, the, and it wasn't until he came into the churches, and he saw that America is great because America is good. And he also said, when America ceases to be good, it will also cease to be great. And America is well down the path of ceasing to be good and ceasing to be great. And uh, you look at, the, at our place in the world stage and listen, our, our, uh, what, what we are doing in the world is severely compromised. And, and listen, we, often we've been seen as the ugly Americans, but it's it's. There's many different things that we could talk about. We're not going to, but America has been given much. That's the point. And God has a right to expect us to acknowledge him, to praise him and to walk in obedience for all the good things that we have. And and specifically, and we've talked about this, but specifically fearing God. It's a very simple equation. It's not complicated at all. And yet it's becoming more and more rare that people Fear God. And, and, and again, we're not just talking about uh, about it's not just reverence and awe. It certainly should be that. But it's also the active concern about my place before God. You know, the choices. And again, it also applies towards Christians. Too much of the time, Christians are not concerned about what God thinks about our lives. And it's just something that, listen, every Christian should be concerned about the choices that we make. Because, listen, the world, it, their future is bad enough, but their life, their life choices are not a concern to God like ours are. <laughs> listen, we have, again, we have been given so much to be saved and forgiven of our sins and born again. This, that alone is a privilege above all others. The gift of forgiveness and eternal life, it is not something that you should ever take lightly. It costs the Lord Jesus His life. His blood, his, his sacrifice was given to cleanse me from my sins. We should never take that for granted. But how about everything else? Sonship and, and being a daughter, being a son or daughter of God. Listen, we have so much to be thankful for and also, you know, to be keeping in mind the obligation that we have as God's people to walk daily as God's people. So... To whom much is given, much is required. And America has been given much. Our society, while far from perfect in time past, had encouraged honesty, integrity, and the fear of God in our society. Now in our world, including America, injustice is commonplace. Those who have authority and influence, and I say this, it's not always the case, but they're often corrupt and seeking further to corrupt our children and society as a whole. And the fear of God is actively suppressed. And I talked to a man today. He's a Christian where I work and, and a very, very sweet natured man. And he was telling me he has a granddaughter. He loves her so, so much. And he says she's just as girly a girl as you can get. And, uh, he was telling me just how concerned he is 
that somebody's going to come along and and take that away or, or just try to persuade her away from from the, the the just the beautiful femininity that she has a little girl just happy as a little girl i remember when casey was born and by the time she's one year old i i was starting to get nervous because i didn't know if i wanted to have boys because i mean casey was as girly a girl as she could get just running around and flinging her hair and just so dainty you know i'm like man if babies were like this i don't know if i could handle the boy but then we had jacob and man he was just a boy <laughs> You know, romp and stomp and every banana is a gun, you know. And <laughs> and anyway, the point is, is that as this this friend of mine at work, his name's Pat. And and uh, he's just very worried that someone will come along and try to take this beautiful little girl and try to convince her of anything besides what God has already given her, her family and all that. And so, listen, we need to be praying for each other and lifting each other up. But the fear of God is what's what's being actively suppressed in our society. You know, if there's, it seems like as though if there's any situation, any place in which godliness, walking in, the, in, in God's ways, any way in which that could possibly manifest, it's actively sought to be oppressed. I mean, if you see someone, you know, I, I, there's, there's several different examples. I won't name them by name. But people on, who have been canceled on social media, not even just for outright saying, I'm a Christian, but just plain not embracing the wickedness that's rampant through our land. And they've been canceled or they've been attempted to be canceled. People have lost their jobs. And they're, they're, they're constantly fighting this battle of how dare you not go along with what everybody else is going along with. Listen, it's, it's very clear for us that we are to walk with God and it doesn't matter what, the, what, what anybody else says or thinks about it. And so I wanted you guys, guys to see a couple of things here. Judges chapter 6. And Judges can, can be a, a very sobering book at times because there's so much, there's so much judgment in the book of Judges. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and you see Joshua before, before he died, he, he gave the warning to Israel that they needed to cling to, God, to cling to God. And if they didn't, if they didn't make that, again, that overt choice that God was their God and they were going to obey Him, then the gods of the lands and the gods of the people around them would influence them and corrupt them and turn them away. And right away, as soon as Joshua and the priests and the elders and that generation went off the scene, the very next generation turned to, to idol worship. They worshiped Baal, the Bible says. And so immediately in the book of Judges, you have this quickly. They're turning out of the way and they're going after wickedness. They're going after. The, and so God turned them over to to um, to these other forces that took over and and Israel was oppressed many different times. And so God would allow them to be oppressed and then give them a judge. And so it began with Othniel. Uh, and, and so anyway, and it gets down to chapter six of Judges. And so the Midianites are now their oppressors again because they turned away from God. And so verse six says, and Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all them that all that oppressed you and drave them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord, your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. And so God sent this pretty, 
Pretty straightforward message. And to me, the way the way the tenor of the message sounds is like you dug this this hole. Now you're going to have to live in it. You know, you made this bed. Now you're going to have to sleep in it. That's that's kind of the way it hits me. But right in the next verse, the angel of the Lord uh, uh, and there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which is in Ophrah that pertained to Joash, the Abiezrite and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And it's interesting, this whole thing. And if you haven't read it recently, I recommend you read it. Gideon's story is pretty amazing. It's also anyway. So Gideon is called by God to be the next judge. And uh, and he delivers Israel. And um, my point being is that God gives this record. I, I, I rescued you out of Egypt. I, I gave you this land. I, I, I gave you this prosperity and you disobeyed. And so, listen, God has a right to look to those he has blessed and expect them to fear him and to acknowledge him and walk in his ways. So letter I here in your notes is this led to Israel's punishment, including disease, conquering armies, famine, death and captivity. So please turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 15. And, you know, there's there's a lot of rebuke as you read the Bible. But you know what? We need rebuke humanity as a creature needs correction from God. And, you know, and it's interesting because in, uh, I think it's first Timothy, Timothy or Paul tells Timothy, reprove, rebuke and exhort with all long suffering. And it's interesting that of those three things, two of them is correction or re- rebuke. And the listen, folks, we as people need God's correction. So anyway, Gen- Jeremiah, chapter 15, verse one, then said the Lord unto me, Though Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind could not be toward this people. Cast them out of my sight and let them go forth. It's the last thing that the human race would want to have God say about it. And again, many people don't realize what this means to have God say, I'm finished with you. And yet, (laughs) and listen, the book of Jeremiah, again, it's another sobering book. Very precious, very important. And there's some beautiful things in here. But listen, the tenor of which that God speaks to his people, Israel, is one of correction. And and indeed, in this place, this is this is uh, then said the Lord unto me, though Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind could not be toward this people. Cast them out of my sight and let them go forth. And it shall come to pass that they say unto thee, Whither shall we go forth? Then thou shalt say unto, shalt tell them, Thus saith the Lord, Such as are for death to death, and such as are for the sword to the sword, and such as are for the famine to the famine, and such as are for the captivity to the captivity. And I will appoint over them four kinds, saith the Lord, the sword to slay, and the dogs to tear, and the fowls of the heaven, and the beasts of the earth to devour and destroy. This is... And, and listen, it's very important for us to understand that there comes a point in time when a people, God's people, America, whoever it is, there comes a point in time in which there is nothing more that God can do for us except to send to us what we've been asking for. <laughs> you know, there's a I don't have the verse in front of me, but there's a verse in Proverbs. that talks about the fool's back cries out for stripes. Listen, a great deal of America is filled with fools. Now, you, you can look at that by many different definitions. The Bible says the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. How much of America right now is saying there is no God? Despite 
all of the evidence that they have before their very own eyes. As thinking today, you know, David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You can think about just just the human body. It is complex beyond our capacity to even describe it. You know, the, 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 the circulatory system, the nervous system and all these different ways in which our body interacts, you know, and, and the eye, the eye is so complex. You talk to most evolutionists and if you begin to say, did the did the eyeball evolve? And most of them, I don't I, I guess I had a lot, a lot of them, but I've, I've read that if you approach them about the eye, it is difficult for for them to say the eyeball evolved. It is too complex. And listen, we are not, we did not evolve from a single cell amoeba. We did not. We didn't come from apes either. We didn't come from this. And there, listen, there's Christians that want to compromise the record of God's word and say, yeah, I, I think that uh, God designed evolution. <laughs> he did not design evolution. Listen, if God is God, he is able to speak the universe into existence. And all of creation obeys his command. Listen, if you can't get past Genesis 1-1, you do not have a proper understanding of God. He is God. And there is nothing that is beyond his reach. There's nothing beyond his power. It's very important that mankind understand who God is. And have that proper fear and respect for him and seek him. So Israel's punishment here. And um, I have this note that man can cross a line and God prescribe judgment that he will not turn from. I'd like you to turn with me to Amos chapter one. This is, I think, probably the best uh, example of this that you can find. Amos chapter one, one, Amos chapter one, verse one. <clears throat> we won't read all this, but I want you to get at least at least a taste of it. Amos chapter one, verse one. Where's your Bible, honey? <laughs> she didn't have glasses. She didn't have a Bible. There was an accident. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Amos chapter one, the words of Amos, who was among the herdmen of Tekoa, which he saw concerning Israel in the, in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the, the son of Joash, king of Israel, two years before the earthquake. And he said, the Lord will roar from from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem and the and the habitations of the shepherds shall mourn and the top of Carmel shall wither. Thus saith the Lord for three transgressions of Damascus and for four. I will not turn away the punishment thereof because they have threshed Gilead with the threshing instruments of iron. And we won't read all this, but I, I want you to, guys to get this like it says in verse three for for thus saith the Lord. For three transgressions of Damascus and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof because they have threshed Gilead without. So each one of them, we're going to look at this. So there's Damascus in verse three. There's um, Gaza in verse six. There is um, Tyrus in verse nine. There is Edom in verse 11. There is um, Ammon in verse 13. There is. Moab in chapter two, verse one, there is verse uh, chap, verse four of chapter two, Judah in chapter four, uh, chapter two and verse four, and then Israel in verse six. So Israel and Judah are the divided kingdom of, of Israel. They were divided in the, uh, after Solomon. So uh, these each of these nations, there's eight nations that are referred to here. God says for three transgressions 
and for four, I will not turn away from the judgment about Damascus, about each one of these, including Judah and Israel. Now, listen, sometimes you you, often as you look at the Old Testament, even the New Testament, God is judging his people more harshly than he's judging every other nation around them. Why? (laughs) It's because they have been taught by God. And that's the problem with humanity. When God makes sure that we get his message, his message is like the Lord Jesus says in, in Matthew 11, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God is constantly saying, come unto me and let me minister to you. Let me take care of you. And of course, the the main thing is, let me save you. Let me take all things from you. Let me, let me, like it says in Isaiah chapter 1, come let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And when God goes so far to make sure his message gets to us that he wants to save us and he wants to be our God and he wants to take care of our daily needs. And when mankind turns from that and listen again, there's so many examples in the Bible and also right here in this day in America in 2022 examples of God's righteous goodness to our country. And to Israel. And so there, there comes a place where God, you can cross a line with God. And listen, the message is sometimes a message for them. And it's a message for us to hear. <laughs> Don't go down this road. This is a bad road to go down. When God is expressing his love and his mercy and willingness to, to take care of us. And if you turn from that, you say, I don't want it. And again, you won't find a lot of people that you could go up to today and say, are you saying, God, I don't want you and I don't want your your blessings. You'll find few people that would be willing to say that. But people make this choice. They turn away from everything that God has to say and they embrace everything that Satan wants them to. And it's the it's the dire situation of our country. So on page two, you like to turn with me, page two, uh, uh, <laughs> what's that? Bob's not here. Yeah. <laughs> Where is Bob? Yeah. Okay. All right. Really? Right. talking to somebody earlier today and I was thinking about um, a man I knew in the Navy many, many years back and was talking to him about salvation. He said, I'm, I'm going to get saved, but I'm going to live my life. I want to you know, sow my wild oats. I want to have a good time and I'll get saved uh, before, it's, before it's at the end. Who else were we talking about? Somebody at work. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was talking about. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was somebody Pat was talking to. So anyway, and again, I'm going to get saved at the 11th hour. And listen, folks, that is a very foolish, foolish way to go. It's a very foolish way to go. And so anyway, letter number two, uh, page two is letter C at the top. If we, God's people and citizens of America, do not demand accountability, honesty and integrity, the punishing of the guilty and and proclaim that men should fear God and take refuge in Christ then we will share culpability in our silence. 
Listen, it's, it's very much something that we have to understand that if we if we do not speak against evil in our country, if we do not demand like, you know, and there's, there's just and I don't know, there's not a whole lot that I know that I can do when a judge gives a rapist a slap on the wrist. I, 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 don't, I don't know. What can I do? But listen, there are places, there are ways in which you and I can stand and say, look, evil is evil. And the Bible says in Isaiah, there will come a day. And listen, we are there. There will come a day where they call evil good and good evil. And we're there. And we're, we're in that. You know, I, I remember when Obama was president and they, they lit up the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the trade tower, whatever it was, what the tower that went up instead of the, the two towers. And they, they lit it up to celebrate that in New York, they could take a child's life right up until the time of delivery. And they celebrated that. Listen, doing those kinds of things is inviting the wrath of God upon our nation. And listen, if you and I died because God judged sent some sort of a tsunami or a nuclear bomb and we died, listen, God would be righteous to do so. Our country is, again, seeking God's wrath. They're seeking judgment. And the best thing we could do as God's people is to speak the truth. To call evil, evil. To call good, good. To celebrate God's righteousness and His goodness and His blessings. To celebrate those things and to condemn without, without, any, without any mitigation. This is wrong and it's evil. And you know, this is June. June has been turned into... You know, I, I'm, I get so angry. I, I'm sure you guys can't tell. <laughs> but I get so angry when, when the LGBTQ... And I think they've added some new letters. When they start taking things like a rainbow. It's God's rainbow. It's, it's around God's throne. Many people are going get to get to the judgment. When they see that bow around God's throne, they're going to be mighty surprised. They are. And listen, I, I get so angry. I get so frustrated when you see... You know, this whole this this month, this month, they start celebrating the LGBTQ pride and anybody that's not willing to celebrate it with them began begins to get canceled and condemned and everything else publicly. Again, it doesn't matter what people say. We should stick with what God says. And people say, oh, you're a hater. You know what? God makes the rules. You're not arguing with me. You're arguing with God. And then there's people who will say, well, this is this is OK with God. There's whole denominations, Episcopalians and others that just there's. Yeah. Anyway, the Episcopalians have signs out the front saying, anyway, just making it clear where they are. And, and it's just frightening. It is frightening because, again, it's 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 inviting the wrath of God upon us. And so in uh, Psalm 119, verse uh, verse uh, 121 that we're looking at, I have done judgment and justice. Leave me not to mine oppressors. And so that's what we're looking at. Letter D is leave me not to mine oppressors. And uh, I have this note that says many saints have cried to God because of enemies oppression. And I'd like you to turn with me to Psalm 25. It's a very, very beautiful psalm. And I'm so thankful for it. If we had time, we'd read the whole thing. But Psalm 25, verse, verses 1 through uh, 5. Excuse me. Psalm of David. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait upon thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which, which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. 
Lead me in truth in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. And if I recommend you read Psalm 25. It's just so extraordinary. You see a, a great deal of this David running to God, wanting to find refuge in God, saying, Lord, I trust in you and uh, don't let me be overcome by my enemies. And so letter D here in your notes is despite the oppressors, our only option, <laughs> our only option is to fear God. And not a fear and not fear oppression, but trust in the Lord for judgment and deliverance. And listen, that folks, again, there's just so many. And listen, folks, it could be so much worse than it is. I was telling Pat earlier today, you know, I, I, I feel like God has corrected me <laughs> and told me to be thankful for what I have. I we have so much. I listen. I am so thankful to be in this room here with you all tonight and nobody telling me I can't. We don't have to sneak around. <laughs> I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my home. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my children. I'm thankful for my grandson. I'm thankful I have a job. I'm thankful for God's many, many blessings upon me. And yet, uh, listen, there's, there's a great deal of people out there that are prepared to stand against truth. And listen, people can say, that's your truth. My truth is this over here. Those are the people who are willing to talk. <laughs> And yet there's only there's not one truth. There's not my truth and your truth. There's only God's truth. You know, and, and again, you could you could you could you could have a demonstration. You could take, you know, these you could take these balls. You could put one over here and one over here. These two balls and these two balls. That makes four. And people could argue about that if they wanted. But it doesn't change the fact that there's four balls there. And you could take one and you could. Drop it off to the side and it would hit the floor. That's the law of gravity. There's not your truth and my truth. There's just truth. And yet people want to feel and, and listen, it's all over our society today. It makes you it makes you feel like you're going crazy. There's people out there that are talking like the truth is not the truth. And I feel like, listen, there's, there's just I think that some Christians are getting caught up in this, too. And so um, in Psalm 25, just further on down there. Uh, this is uh, the Psalm, Psalm of David again. It says, uh, Oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. It is so, it is so abundantly clear that there is no other path for us besides walking with God. There is no other option for us. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is again, I, I know I'm not the only one that sometimes you just want to mind your own business and do your own thing. Just leave me alone. Go do whatever you got to do, but leave me alone. <laughs> Listen, there, there, there are times in which God wants us to speak up. And we just have to ask God, Lord, give me grace to speak and say what you want me to say, how you want me to say it, and the time you want me to say it. And please help me not to be a coward. That's, that's my prayer. And so letter I here is God sees all oppression and will judge righteously. So, again, as as it, it seems like you know, you're facing all kinds of craziness, weirdness, wickedness all around us. And sometimes it just feels, you know, let me just go and read this. Isaiah 59 verses 14 through 15 It's here in your notes. And judgment is turned away backward and justice standeth afar off for truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. 
So listen, right here in the Bible, this is this is talking about the way it was in their society thousands of years ago. Again, God's people in Israel. It says, and judgment was turned away backward. This, this is the way it is in their society. And justice standeth far off, and truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Listen, I, I feel like that's the way our, if we're not there, we're approaching it quickly. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And again, you say the wrong thing on social media, and they'll come out of the woodwork to say you're, you're, a, you're an evil, wicked person. So, listen, there's only one thing to do, and that's to make sure that we listen to God. And I, I am not fond of social media. I, I, I you know, I, I don't want anything to do with it. Again, that's my desire just to leave me out of it. Because <laughs> I think of social media, and that's what I think of. A bunch of crazy people all encouraging each other in their craziness. So, number two is Enoch's prophesying of judgment uh, on the ungodly. And that's in Jude chapter 1. Please turn there with me, and this is where we're going to have to end. Jude chapter 1. You know, so Enoch walked with God and was not. Well, in Jude, we actually have some of his preaching recorded for us. Jude chapter 1 and verse 14. So uh, Enoch is the seventh from Adam. That's what it begins here with. And so um, it says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, So this is a lot about, if you, if you, if you look back just a little bit, let me start in verse 12. These are spots in your feasts of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about uh, of winds, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to commence all their ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. You know, I don't think it's too confusing how Jude feels about what the people that he's, he's seeing this. I, I don't you know. And it's just amazing because the Bible says Enoch walked with God. He was not. And he was not because he had faith and he walked with God. He walked by faith and he was pleasing to God and God took him. And yet these are the words that he has to say. He is crying out against ungodliness. And so listen, there, there, and, and this is something else Pat told me today that, you know, he has people saying you're a holy roller. You're, you're just, you're just a no, you know, no, no count religious so-and-so. <laughs> people are going to say that stuff. <laughs> They're going to say it. And I told him, I said, listen, it'd be far better for them to throw at you whatever they want and call you names or whatever than to be silent and have to face God for keeping to yourself the truth. It is far better to stand where God tells you to stand and say what God says to say than it would be to be silent and to get along. And again, that's what, that's what we're tempted with all the time, isn't it? Get along, go along to get along. That Just to li- li- live a quiet life. No conflict. <laughs> Listen, it's, an, it's inevitable. There will be conflict. You cannot walk with God while the world is walking against him. You're going to clash. There's going to be issues. There's going to be problems. There's only one thing to do. Hold on as tight as you can and not let go. And ask God to give you grace to stand and speak the way he wants you to. 
And listen, folks, it isn't all the same all the time. It's not everybody standing on a street street corner yelling at the top of their lungs. You can walk and have a quiet voice. We're all different. Some of us are crayons and some of us are fountain pens. We're all different people, but we all need to stick with God. And we all need to hold on to the truth and not let go. And listen, this life is a very short time. And it feels like you're swimming against the tide and it feels like like everybody's lined up against you. But listen, it's a very short period of time that we have to be faithful. And it's very important that we be faithful. God says the truth. And so, listen, there's, there's, there's just nothing more important than to stick with him. So I have this note here and we'll stop. All God's people do well to hate ungodliness and hate sin. And to have, a, you know, again, a, a pure message like Enoch had. And again, you know, Enoch is known for more, more than anything else of, of, of God loving him, I guess, and appreciating his, his faith so much that he just took him. You know, wouldn't it be great to live a life where God is just tempted to take you home right now? <laughs> Listen, to have a life like that, you're going to have to love good and hate evil, just like he does. And it's it's not complicated. It's just that the world tempts you constantly to compromise. I'll give a little bit. You give a little bit, (laughs) except for that doesn't work because you give in a little bit and they just take, 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 take. That's how our our government got to be the way it is today. You know, you can't you can't compromise with evil. You know, and and this thing, this 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 um, this rumor that came out about the Supreme Court thinking about or or deliberating that it might, you know, um, invalidate Roe v. Wade. And that's that's actually not what they're talking about. They're just talking about sending it back to the courts. But people are losing their minds. You know, this this person that was arrested today for having a gun and knife and saying he intended to kill Brett Kavanaugh. You know, that's what I'm saying. You know, hey, live and let live. I'll give you a little bit. You give a little bit. And next thing you know, there's no room for you. (laughs) So the best thing for us to do is to plant our feet and say, I'm sticking with God. Do what you got to do, but I'm walking with God and, and, and share the good news of who Christ is. He's not an oppressor. That's Satan's message to the world. God is the oppressor. He's not. He is the savior. He is the savior of all men, especially of them that believe, like it says in Timothy. So our place is just to hold on. Say, I, look, I'm not giving in. God is the one who's right here. Not not me and you. God is. And that's so much of the time. And I've heard many Christians on talk shows and stuff. Well, I just believe. Don't say that. It's not what I believe. It's what God says is the truth. And either you believe that or you don't. And so people want to say, oh, well, you know, they want to just make up their own rules. But listen, God says what the rules are. And it's far better for us to stick with what God says. And listen, if you want to circle the drain with the rest of the country, then that's your choice. But I'm not going with you. And so our place is to stick with God. So we'll go ahead and close right there. Anybody have any thoughts or questions before we close? Yes, sir. Called what? Yeah, you see that that's that's the way they are. Oh, there's no absolutes, but then they want to do <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah there'll be one less problem in the world. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was rude. <laughs> yes, sir, we're closing up.
Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had. Thank you for your word. And we pray for your blessing upon uh, your word to our hearts. And I pray you please give us grace to cling to you and to hold on to you with all of our heart and, and, and not let go. Please help us not to compromise with the world or the flesh or the devil. Please help us to be your people and help us to shine for you. Help each one of us in our day-to-day life, Lord, where we work, where we, where, we, where we live, where we go. Help us to be, Lord, your people. Help us to shine for you. Help us to have the words that you would have us to say at the time you would have us to say them. And we pray for our coworkers and our neighbors, Lord. Please help them to fear you and seek you and be found of you. We ask for all these prayer requests that were mentioned, and we thank you for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.